Welcome to the Care of Souls podcast with Dr. Stuart Scott and Pastor Adam Tyson. Dr. Scott serves as the Executive Director of 180 Ministries and Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University. Pastor Tyson serves as the Senior Pastor of Placerita Bible Church and Adjunct Professor at the Masters University as well. Visit 180ministries.org and masters.edu to learn more about their programs and services in biblical counseling. I'm your host, Mark Smith, and we're thankful to bring you this next episode on Care of Souls, in which Stuart and Adam discuss practical and profound principles from Scripture to help you faithfully follow Christ. Today, Stuart, Adam, and Carolyn talk about Chapter 11 in The Excellent Wife on the topic of intimacy. Martha writes, The sexual bond between husband and wife is a gift from God for the enjoyment of physical intimacy and the procreation of life. All that God created is good, and physical intimacy between husband and wife is no exception. It's the world that has twisted and perverted what God intended to be holy and righteous. Christian husbands and wives have the potential to remain pure in their thoughts, actions, and motives. To understand physical intimacy as God intended, we have to consider God's original intent. Welcome back to the Care of Souls podcast. We are in the studio with Dr. Scott and with Carolyn McGuire. How are you guys today? Doing well. Thank you, Adam. It's great to be here. Uh, Great to have you. And of course, we have today with us a special guest. We've been talking with Martha Peace, the author of The Excellent Wife, and she's with us today on our discussion on Chapter 11 about intimacy and the wife's response. Martha, great to have you back with us today. Well, thank you, Adam. I'm glad to be here. Well, you wrote the chapter, so we thought we'd bring you in to help us talk through this one. Uh, Just because intimacy, that sexual relationship between a husband and a wife, it's so important. It's just so vital. And of course, it's getting attacked all across the board today. Just the whole idea of sexual uh, sin, sexual addictions, uh, pornography, homosexuality. There's so many issues going on. But we want to talk today just about what it means, what it to, for a, a husband and wife to be intimate in a God-glorifying way. So, uh, Martha, tell us a little bit about what would help that relationship be all that God wants it to be. Well, sexual intimacy is a special bond between the husband and wife. It's a gift from God for the enjoyment of physical intimacy and the procreation of life. All that God created is good, and I'm reading from the Excellent Wife book now, but and the physical intimacy between husband and wife is no exception. Our world has twisted and perverted what God intended to be holy and good. The marriage bed is not to be defiled. So Christian husbands and wives possess the potential to have sexual relations and in the process remain pure in their thoughts, actions, and motives. To understand the physical intimacy as God intended, we have to consider God's original intent. And um, God told Adam and Eve to procreate Mm -hmm. and be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And then after the flood, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply it. So unfortunately now we find ourselves in a way that our whole world is just turned upside down sexually. Mm -hmm. And between 
pornography and other sinful issues such as homosexuality, transgender, all of that mm-hmm. is uh, has come to the forefront. Yeah. But sex is intended to be between a husband and a wife, and it should be pleasurable and it should not be self-seeking. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate those principles. There's there's both pleasure and procreation. You know, there's a lot of people that give a bad rap to the Puritans, and they would say the Puritans' view of sex, it was for only for procreation, you know, kind of in that Victorian age. Now, I don't believe that's true from even the Puritan standpoint. Dr. Scott, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I don't either. Uh, some of the different writings, I mean, they didn't talk about it a lot, but when they did refer to it, uh, it was uh, pure. It was not just procreation, mm-hmm. but because you have First Corinthians seven, uh, the passage of uh, pleasing your spouse. Don't be de- uh, depriving one another uh, in the whole context of immoralities in the culture. Um, they dealt with that as well of of giving and thinking of your spouse's uh, needs and not just uh, your own desires. Sure. So we just want to debunk that whole myth that Christians don't have sex, right? Mm -hmm. We're saying Christians who are married between a husband and wife, as Martha has emphasized, are to enjoy God's best gift uh, to to a couple uh, in in intimacy, meaning I'm trying to make the argument a Christian couple could have a better intimate uh, experience than even non-Christians because they're having it maybe more in a selfish way, a demanding way, a, a, a physical only way, and where Christians are doing what they're doing to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martha, that's our goal, right? That everything that between a husband and wife, including intimacy, is done as an act of worship and for God's glory. Amen. Well, as we talk about this, this involvement between a husband and wife, certainly we're saying now for a Christian couple who is married, and so that would maybe even mean if you're listening to the podcast today and uh, you have little ones in the room, or if you're a single person, obviously you could still listen, but just be mindful that we're going to be talking now about some very intimate um, acts and intimate uh, principles that we read uh, from the Scripture about a husband and a wife. Uh, so, Martha, I'm going to kick it off with a question that I think that we all hear uh, from time to time in counseling, and that would be, uh, you know, typically we think that the husband has a higher sex drive or a greater desire to be intimate, whereas on a typical assessment, the wife may not have that to the same degree. So what's one of the best ways for the wife to get in the mood to have sex with her husband if she's not in the mood? Well, I think one of the best ways is for her to concentrate on doing things that would please her husband, because typically it takes longer for the wife to kind of get warmed up Mm -hmm. to sex, Um, and that would help her then to get in the mood if she just concentrates on doing things that would please him. And are you are you suggesting that like just during their time together, or maybe even all through the day, starting to think about what uh, their time is going to be like when they are together? Well, one of the things that surprised me greatly when I became a counselor was how many women would come to me and complain that their husband would not have sex with them. And they would go for weeks and weeks and months and Mm -hmm. even years. And I thought it would be the opposite Mm -hmm. of that. And so that was 
just as wrong of the husband as it would be wrong of the wife to be that way. Some couples decide that they're going to plan a time to have sex, like two days a week or one day a week or three days a week or whatever, and they need to discuss it, Mm -hmm. and they need to plan around the time and then come together with great joy Mm -hmm. and anticipation. So Yeah, and this is part of what you're talking about, right? For her to be focused on uh, concentrating on what would bring him pleasure. We're really just examining Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 in the bedroom, right? Consider others and their interest is more important than your own. Would that be an appropriate principle to apply there? Right, I think so. I think that if she plans her day and her time around Years ago, I did a conference in a church in Atlanta, and it was um, a church that it was a Haitian church, and they spoke French. So it was the first time that I had ever had a translator. And um, I would forget about the translator, and I'd just keep talking. And she would say, excuse me, but I must translate. But anyway, I kind of got in the rhythm of that. Well, there was a young woman there who had just recently gotten married, and about halfway through the lecture, she got this puzzled look on her face, and she raised her hand like she had a question. Mm -hmm. And so I called on her, and she said, is it okay to have sex during the day, or do you always have to wait till nighttime? And I said, well, any time is fine. And she said, okay, well, I need to go home. (laughs) And everybody just died laughing, and she did not understand what was so funny. (laughs) But anyway, that was so cute. But, I mean, people have strange ideas (laughs) about when to have sex and things that are appropriate and things that are not. Yeah. You know, we're talking about how a husband and wife could just enjoy that time, look forward to that time. A lot of this would be taken care of, Dr. Scott, you would say outside of the bedroom, if the couple is loving each other, respecting each other, resolving conflict, uh, pursuing God-honoring communication. A lot of this is going to come a lot more natural, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely, because it's it's very hard to give oneself intimately, and more for the uh, the wife, I believe, in, in the counseling I've done. Uh, if the husband hasn't given it any thought, hasn't uh, been kind, uh, hasn't been nurturing and, and uh, communicating well, it's very hard, not impossible, but very hard for a wife to uh, be, quote, in the mood or want to give herself to someone who's being more selfish uh, on his part. So, yeah, it's it's an all-day relationship that can culminate at any time. But it it definitely goes so much better Mm -hmm. when both are caring for each other well. Sure. Yeah. And we're talking about a subject that's not mentioned a lot uh, from the pulpit. It's not um, talked about a lot, maybe in Christian circles. It's something that happens uh, privately between a husband and wife. And so those things are a little bit understandable. Uh, But there's a classic book that a lot of biblical counselors uh, recommend to think through when talking about intimacy. And that would be Dr. Ed Wheat's book, Intended for Pleasure. Uh, Martha, you're familiar with that resource? You've used that before? 
Uh, yes, I have. It's an excellent book. I really like how Dr. Bob Smith from Lafayette, Indiana, the late Dr. Bob Smith, he was a medical doctor, and whenever a couple would get married in their church on their wedding day, he would give them a copy of that book, and he would say, take the book with you on your honeymoon and start reading it out loud. Take turns reading different paragraphs out loud. He wanted them to get used to get over the embarrassment of talking about sex. He wanted them to use the correct terminology. And if they had issues or problems later on, then they would be able to express clearly what uh, you know they were talking about. So I thought, whoa, that is such a good idea. I love it. That is a great idea. Uh, Dr. Scott, have you ever recommended something similar? I have. I think um, uh, Dr. Smith also uh, came out with a, a, sh- a small booklet uh, on principles of um, the biblical principles for intimacy in a marriage uh, that he extracted out of a larger book on medical issues and just good biblical principles to follow. But I have done the same thing as Martha of uh, and Doc Smith of encouraging them to talk about it out loud where they can become more comfortable. It's something when you're uh, in the dating pre-marriage days, you're, you're not talking a lot about that area uh, because of the temptations and uh, you're just trying to remain pure. So it's not something you're talking about all the time in your relationship. And then you're married and on the honeymoon and that is a topic. So it's a, a good tool. How about you, Martha? Um, do you find in counseling some of the ladies that you meet with have um, issues in this area where their marital intimacy isn't what God would want it to be? And um, and so you're giving them um, counsel and resources about how to help them with this? Well, yes. And sometimes it's very common for a wife to think when she gets married, her husband is a sex expert. He's not. He doesn't know what he's doing either. Mm-hmm. If he's a Christian and he hasn't had experience, right. so they need to be patient with each other and help each other in yeah. this regard. And that's so vital. That's really just communication, right? In the bedroom, there should be good, clear communication about what what's working, what's not working, what one spouse may prefer or not like. Is that what you're saying, Martha? Exactly. Yes. And there's and between a husband and a wife, that conversation is going to be extremely intimate and very specific. Right. Well, they just that's why if I like what Dr. Bob Smith said, mm-hmm. get over talking about it and use the right terminology, and then you'll be able to talk about it with each other without just dying of embarrassment. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times in our culture, you know, especially in the 90s, you remember the true love waits uh, type mantra, which was helpful in one regard to help people save themselves for marriage, but sometimes uh, maybe a little bit overboard to the point where people felt like, well, sex is a sin, 
I should never think or talk about this. Uh, anything related to this subject is is not honoring to God. And as a church, we want to find that biblical balance of saying, no, 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 this is good. God created this. God desires this in the confines of marriage. And so we got to, it's, it's challenging to find that balance, isn't it? How much do we talk about it and how can we make sure our conversation's appropriate and God glorifying? Yeah, I would add Hebrews 13, verse 4 where it says, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. And then goes on, anyone, you know, any sex outside of marriage, God will judge. But there, just let the marriage bed be undefiled. It's a wonderful thing. It can be uh, somewhat redeemed after Genesis 3 in the fall and sin affects a relationship. It can be pure, holy, glorifying to God within a marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me just kind of recap some of the main principles you talk about in your chapter, Martha. Um, You say principle number one, sex within marriage is holy and good. Uh, Principle number two, pleasure is assured and is not sinful. Principle number three, the wife should be others-oriented, or I should say other-oriented, and is not self-oriented. Uh, Principle number four, sexual relations should be regular and continuous. Principle number five, the wife should never bargain with her husband in return for her favors. Let's talk about that one for a little bit. A wife should never bargain with her husband in return for her favors. What are you hitting at there, Martha? Well, she's being selfish, and uh, if she wants a new car or a new dress or whatever— Um, it shouldn't be part of the discussion of, well, I'll have sex with you if you'll do this for me. Mm. This is her responsibility to her husband and before God. Absolutely. Yeah, a lot of times we think about that as manipulation or withholding, or you get rewarded if you were good today, I'll reward you. If you're bad, then you're going to be punished. Uh, All of that would be completely outside of the lines of biblical intimacy. Right. The intimacy should be for the glory of God. Mm. And then you mentioned in principle number six, uh, sex relations are to be equal and reciprocal. What what do you mean by that? Well, it's not just the wife should be having sex with her husband. The husband should be having sex with his wife. Yeah, and we see that scripturally in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 3 through 5. uh, Let the husband fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again, lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Stuart, I can't help but think, every time I read that passage in a biblical counseling session with a husband and wife, the husband smiles really big, and the wife sometimes might roll her eyes. Why is that? Well, (laughs) I think, um, generally speaking, I've not done statistical analysis and all of that, but oftentimes uh, the men uh, want that physical intimacy or sexual satisfaction a lot more than the wife does. And there are various reasons for that, or maybe even um, things that uh, come into play there. Uh, if a wife is has children and she's exhausted, and maybe he's not. So th- there's things to explore on both of those. But often, 
I usually hear the, the man wants the sexual intimacy a lot more than the wife does. So that may be why sure. the smiling. Yeah. So so how do you help them? You, you kind of pick up on that as you're reading the passage and starting to dive into this conversation. What, what, what kind of counsel would you give that couple? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the biblical principles of uh, the other person's interests. Is he really considerate of her and what she's dealing with? Is it just... Um, a thought comes to his mind, and then he wants to be intimate. He's not thinking, loving her. Uh, what's the situation with her? There's no planning involved. She never knows when. Uh, she's trying to plan her day, and all of a sudden he just wants something when he wants it. So there, I'm, I'm often working with the husband a lot more, and for her to communicate, but for him— mm. To be living with his wife in an understanding way means, according to knowledge, to really get to know her and care for her and think, what's her day? What's going on health-wise? How is she feeling today? Rather than uh, just being self-focused. That's good. Martha, what do you think about this same kind of situation? Dr. Scott's emphasizing what he might say to the husband. What would you say to the wife? Well, as I said, I was surprised when I started counseling how many husbands were not having regular sex with their wives. And there was no physical reason why they could not. And I remember a long time ago telling one wife whose husband was a Christian, I said, he's got to give God glory and he's got to fulfill this passage in Scripture. And then... He's just, he might have to suffer for righteousness sake. I don't know. <laughs> but so, what, anyway, what, what did you find out were some of those reasons? You had mentioned some of the husbands were not active for I did, weeks. I or just months. counseled the wives, so I didn't know what mm-hmm. the husband was thinking. And but, in that case, you would encourage the wife just to pursue him sexually? Yes. And also to just talk to him yeah. and say, this is a problem. What? Right. Tell me, am I offending you? Am I doing something wrong? Can I do something differently? Mm-hmm. And um, they just have to talk about it and adjust to this um, as they go through life. Well, we certainly want to honor the Lord with the physical intimacy between a husband and wife. So, Martha, thanks for helping us think through those biblical principles so that we could glorify God and worship Him as we enjoy all that He provides for us in marriage. Wives, if you haven't been participating with your husband in a God-honoring way, you must repent and confess your sin to God. If you ask, God will be faithful to forgive and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Then you must do what James suggested just to show your faith by your works in James chapter 2, verse 18. Don't just glorify God on Sunday morning, but also in the intimacy of your marriage. View it God's way and respond to your husband unselfishly in love. We hope you were blessed by the Care of Souls podcast. Please pray for us at 180 Ministries and the Master's University as we seek to edify the church and exalt Christ through biblical counseling that is faithful to Scripture. Consider supporting 180 Ministries financially so we can continue to bring you sound wisdom from God's Word on these everyday topics. Visit 180ministries.org to give online and send an email to info180ministries.org with your feedback and any questions. We'd be grateful to hear how this podcast is helping you. 
and we look forward to having you join us on the next episode of the Care of Souls podcast as we discuss exemplary husbands and excellent wives. 